Hi, this is a Drifting Cloud Press and your host, Gable Thomas Stevens. Today we'll be exploring In Search of Duende with Gabriella. Uh, coming up, we have the song Barcelona Nights. Okay, so that was Barcelona Nights by Ottomar Lieberte. And uh, so we have, as I mentioned briefly, uh, Gabriela Guterres. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, just as we begin uh, every show, before we get into Duende and the mystery of it, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you came from, and, and what brought you here? Oh, yeah, big questions. <laughs> yeah, if you can. Yeah. Um, in short, I'm um, half Welsh, half Spanish. Um, I was born in the Pyrenees in northern Spain. Um, and my parents uh, raised me and my younger sister in movement. So we um, traveled along the coast of Spain on the east, mm. from the north to the south, um, for the first 11 years of my life. Um, 
And then we moved to France and traveled through France for about five years um, and then to Switzerland and then to New York um, mm. and New Jersey. And um, I continued to travel pretty extensively throughout my 20s um, for various different reasons. It's just kind of the lifestyle I'm used to and I was very interested in different cultures and learning languages and, mm. you know, just um, being in movement and what that means, like what that really means internally as well. So not only movement of mind, of, of body, but also mind. I, exactly, of mm. self. Yeah. And, um, you know, just a reshaping consistently to like the environments that we're in and the cultures and the mm. that like deep historical memory that is anchored to land and is so unique in each place. Mm. And I just I feel like I'm um, I feel like that's what gives me life. Mm. That's my fuel. <laughs> yeah, you definitely absorb different things and just the you know the atmosphere, yeah. the smells. Mm -hmm. Even the sun is different. I feel like yeah. although we all share the same sun we all get baked slightly differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're informed differently, I think, mm. by the elements and by nature and, th and you know, the particular land that you're on. So um, before you came um, to study on the MA uh, yeah. here in, in Devon, Darkington, where had you come from? Um, I was based in the US, um, sort of based, I mean, on and off. I was there for three months at a time and then I would leave and... Um, I was studying with shamans for the past seven years. Um, wow. So that would take me to different parts of the world as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I haven't, I wasn't really based anywhere long term. Okay. Um, but that's yeah. where you, you came forward to begin the MA in Poetics yeah. of Imagination. Yep. I got wow. here in November and have been here ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels, feels like a long time somehow. It does, like a couple of lifetimes at least. Wow. Well, so the topic that we have decided to discuss is um, In Search of Duende, which is inspired by both of our readings of um, Federico Garcia Loca and his essay In Search of Duende. Mm -hmm. And it really like sparked a conversation, uh, not only between us, but others in our cohort. And um, I'm really honored just to have you on the show and to discuss this aspect of Duende with you. So those who are listening and don't know what Duende is, could you give us a brief example or idea of the essence of Duende? Yeah. Um, it's such a hard thing to put into words, and it's something that I'm in dialogue with at the moment um, because it's such a... It's an experiential thing, mm. you know, and it's so personal and so intimate. Um, so because... Um, I think that the way you grow up, um, when you're introduced to certain things that are cultural, they're in your blood. And this is what duende is for me. Duende is like the blood of the culture of Spain. It's mm. like the nectar of the earth. You know, it comes from like this deep ancestral knowing um, that is held in the earth and that is held in the arts that are transmitted from person to person, from mouth yeah. to ear. Mm. Um, and so there's no like definition of duende, you know, it's a, it's an, it's a, it's an experience that you have in response to a really deep cultural, um, knowing, mm. um, that is specific to Spain, but that can also appear in different cultures. Um, right. Cause we, we were talking as we kind of creating the playlist, the music, 
whether we should keep Duende to a Spanish and a Mexican bind or explore it in other mm-hmm. in other countries. And as you said, like it can mm-hmm. find expression right yeah. in other places, but yeah. its its soul seems to exist yeah. in Spanish and. It's like it's like the blood of that land, you know. Mm. That's the way I see it. It's literally like the blood or the wine of that land. And um, mm. you know, you can say that, as we were saying earlier, like Beethoven has duende or Mozart has duende. Um, certain jazz musicians and blues musicians have duende, but there's no um, <coughs> there's no um, when you talk about duende sp- specifically. Mm. Um, it's it's particular to Spain, um, and it has its roots in like the peoples that informed Spanish culture. Mm. So, so what what is it uh, specifically about Spain that holds the kernel of, of duende? You you spoke about it briefly before we began. Yeah, um. Um, the history I think is really um, is important um, mm. because. Something Lorca would say is that the dead in Spain are more alive than the dead anywhere else in the world. And I think in part the reason for that is because we had um, this civil war um, from the 19, 1936 to 1939, um, in which essentially um, there was a separation between two uh, types of thinking, two schools of thought, mm. one which was rooted in the church and um, in fundamentalist, um, Catholic, and uh, right political um, thinking, and then the other one that was uh, essentially like the peasants, the artists, the philosophers, the poets, um, mm. usually peoples of less financial, um, of a more hu- humble background. Um, and there was a the, the cultures were separated by Franco, who was um, who then became a dictator for almost forty years, um, right. from the nineteen thirties to nineteen late nineteen fifties, um, and during that time, um, the right, the extreme right that were that had the military on their side, would execute um, the artists and the philosophers and the you know anyone who mm. opposed their thought <clears throat> and so there are um these mass graves um to this day um that are made of up of 140,000 unidentified um people on the left wow. who were executed during the civil war so like 90,000 during the civil war <clears throat> and 40,000 I believe um during the post-war, so like all the mm. people who were like political prisoners. Um, and to this day, 140,000 people have not been identified. So you have things like homes and hotels and casinos built on these mass graves. Well, so the foundation. Our bones are, yeah. you know, hence, you know, the, the dead are more alive than mm. anywhere else in the world. Just this idea that like we live amongst the dead in Spain. That's amazing. And it's that, that soil, it's almost... You know, the, that fertile soil for the, that leads to the imagination that mm. can hold something like Duende. Yeah. And also Mexico seems to ha- share that. Uh, I think um, Lorca says that, you know, the only other country really to share that uh, bond of blood 
is 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 Mexico with Spain, yeah, um, and their relationship to to death and the dead. Yeah, the mm. there's a really interesting folk culture in Mexico that works with La Señora de la Muerte or La Muerte, um, Lady Death, mm. um, and she is like essentially she's the one of the informing spirits um, that you have to offer libation to regularly, you know, that you have to be in conversation with. Right. Because if not, it's a bit like, the, you know, the whole idea of memento mori, mm. you know, remember death. Mm. And that is so true in Mexico as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm. Wow, okay, that's a, that's a great introduction. I think we should um, get into the next segment, play some music. Can you please introduce uh, this next track for uh, Oh, our yeah. Paco de Lucia. Um, Paco de Lucia was uh, one of the classics um, in Spain. He died a few years ago. Uh, he was a guitarist. He started teaching himself when he was 12 years old and just mm. became this, like, child prodigy. Um, never learned technique, which is what Duende is about. Um, Duende is right. not interested in technique or skill. Mm. It wants you to unlearn. It's like the art of forgetting. Mm. And so you unlearn everything you think you know about structure so that the art can take place. That's beautiful because uh, um, on the back of the book of the play and theory of Duende, it says there are no maps nor exercises to help mm. us find the Duende. Mm. We only know that he burns the blood like a poultice of broken glass. Ah. Yes. So I think that sums up. Beautiful, beautiful introduction. I hope you enjoy the next track.
Just on the, um, since a lot of this playlist is formed and informed by guitar, um, and that was an Andalusian player um, yeah. of the guitar, uh, we were just sort of thinking about introducing that element of um, music um, and how that ties into this this blood bl blood bond that we've been sp speaking of, and also hopefully to explore Dionysus mm -hmm. and the bullfight. So I don't know where to begin in that, but yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's it's a curious thing when you think about what informs what. Like, where do the concepts that we have come from? And so um, there's lots of theories, and you know, I think Lodga, I think the title of that essay is brilliant mm. because it is a search, and nobody knows, and the search continues, the search for duende, mm. and yeah, it's it's not found. It's no. not you know you don't find duende. No, it's always exactly. a search. Yeah, you're and right. And then I, if there is a finding, I think it's duende that finds you. Mm. You know, if you are worthy. <laughs> yeah. Duende if you're finds lucky you. too, I suppose. Yeah if there's the right kind of alchemical circumstances mm. that you create. And so that does lead into Dionysus and the, the Dionysian mysteries mm. of ancient Greece. Um, because one of the things that Lodga talked about as well, he wrote this letter to a friend of his back in the 1930s um, that said something like, when um, the Dionysian current... Um, arrives, you feel the touch of the horns of the bull against your stomach. Wow. And it's an interesting image, that, because though he makes it sound very delicate, like the touch of the horns, how are you touched by a horn? I mean, a mm. horn is like a knife. <laughs> right. And especially from a bull, that's like, you know, when you think about the bull fights, the way that the bull is killed at the end is with a sword in the back of in the back of his um, shoulder blades. Mm. Um, and the only way to do that is by exposing your heart right to where the horn of the bull is. Mm. Your heart and your stomach and solar plexus area. Um, and so I think it's really interesting that that moment is what Lorga talks about with Duende, like Duende coming in with the closeness to the horn yeah. of the bull. For, for just just for those who uh, haven't heard of Dionysus, uh, how I mean he's such an he's he's such an interesting character. If if you had to give him an epitaph, what would what would you say? The great <laughs> loosener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yeah, he who um, is the the vine, and the wine, um, the god of the vine and the vine itself. Um, he was known as the god of ecstasy. Um, mm and the wild and the irrational and the chthonic earthiness of being mm. amongst <laughs> many other things but but also that that as you said that courting with the bull mm -hmm. which is which is also fascinating wine and you know having that element of spirit as mm. in also the spirit of the soul yeah and not only like spirit as in an alcohol yeah um and there's a beautiful quote in there that says the duende is at his most impressive in the bullfight for he must fight both death which can destroy him, and geometry, 
which is like the measurement. And the, the torero must toss his heart over the bull's horns. Yes. Um, so anyone could be killed by a bull, yeah. but it's that courtship, that, that dance that creates the relationship in which Duende is forged. Yes, exactly. Um, and there's a relationship between bull and torero. Um, there's like five main uh, toreros in Spanish culture throughout history that are like the five toreros that are known to have duende because not everyone does. <laughs> right. You know, and so there's one called Joselito. He's passed away now, but he would he was the son of one of the most famous toreros mm. and then became like, again, a child prodigy and was, was in the bull ring since he was a kid, essentially. Wow. And he would like bow to the bulls when they came when they came out and they were first released into the bull ring. They would he would bow to them and he would welcome he would receive them on mm. his knees. Um, That's amazing because I think the the bullfight, especially in um, you know modern a conversation or you know someone who hasn't experienced it, I think the bullfight can often feel sound feel inhumane. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know questions of animal cruelty come mm-hmm. in yeah. but when you really delve into the history and that relationship that you speak of mm-hmm. where you you bow and you really welcome yeah. there's a seeing and a and a and a, and a beholding really that yeah. happens between yeah man and animal it's yeah. one of the few places in the world that still has animal sacrifice as a um as a as a not a sport but as, a, as an entertainment mm. you know for the sole purpose of entertainment Mm. And so there's a lot of you know, ethical conversations around it. and mm. um, But yeah, it's this idea again of, of death. And, you know, that death is still alive. It's not taboo. Mm. Um, you know, it's still such a part of culture. I mean, every Sunday there's a bullfight. You know, like my grandmother listens to the bullfight on the radio every Sunday morning. That's amazing. You know, we have the bullfight on on TV every Sunday. Um, you have people who go to the bullring to the to to see the toreros every Sunday. Like it's part. So it's, it's still a, part a, it's of still the very much a custom. Yeah, it's wow. been forbidden in some places, mm. um, but in is that is that in the is that in the minority? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Wow. Or places like in Portugal, you have bullfights, but the the bulls aren't killed. So okay. you have the toreros who do who work with them, and then they're released again back into the the fields. And That's <laughs> also interesting that 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 is like an iteration that has occurred. Because yeah. is is it is it still is the duende still present if a bull isn't sacrificed? That's the that's one of the questions I think. Yeah. And Lorca would talk about that as well because in order for there to be duende, there has to be death. And that's the difference between angels and muses, mm. you know, where the angels guide us and the muses inspire us. The duende only comes when there is death, when mm. there is wound. But yeah, because you can you can almost have an iteration of, or, you know, you can you can almost feign duende. I'm yeah. just thinking of like sort of bringing it out of context as, you know, like football. It has that feeling of war. It has that you know collective energy, but then. It's kind of like a replacement of, of you know, we, we live in a, in a wall of society apart from, you know, what's happening now in, with Russia mm-hmm. and Ukraine and things like that. But yeah. in general, we, we, we've sort of navigated the last, you know, few years. Mm. Um, but there's that, yeah, it's just such an interesting tussle yeah. between, yeah. between the um, death and bringing it in and mm-hmm. how that 
evolves yeah yes and if there is this link with dionysus and duende dionysus is the god who is reborn mm. the twice born you know he who is resurrected who's like the closest in the greek pantheon to jesus yeah um, yeah yeah and you know in order to make wine you have to have it steep you have to put it away in the deep darkness right for it to become wine otherwise it's just grape juice <laughs> And in that's order an, for yeah, it to ferment, that's, yeah, that's it's got to be mm. yeah, in the dark, just as Dionysus. Forged, it's forged just, from darkness. Exactly. It's forged from yeah, this time beautiful. in the underworld. Um, and it then becomes this nectar, this chthonic fluid that we know as wine, that is the blood of the gods, or ijo, what the Greeks knew as ijo, that could be imbibed through wine. And it was understood mm. that you're drinking the god himself, one of the gods. So uh, is ijo just uh, the Greek word for yes, blood? Yes, yes. Okay. For the blood of the gods. For the blood of the gods, so yeah. specific to yes. that. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's there's definitely that spiritual element to the bullfight. And one that um, Lorca draws on is how the ole of the bullfight is similar to the um, Allah. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, that, that comparison yeah. just really um, shines a light on yeah. what it means to have the duende in. Absolutely, and how close it is to God, right? Because Allah is the God of the Muslims in Islam, and when you call in Ole, you're calling in the gods. Whatever your pantheon is or your belief is, is irrelevant. You're bringing in this. There's a religious fervor mm. to Duende. Something shifts in the room, and it affects everybody present. It's not just the person um, transmitting it. It's not just the poet or the singer or the dancer. It's... Um, the audience mm. like it transforms and reshapes everything in its presence yeah that's beautiful there was you were saying about the moorish influence in spain mm. can you can you can you just talk more on that yeah um so historically spain was um arab or pre predominantly arab for 800 years so for eight centuries um it was uh, a golden age in which um people, philosophers and artists and poets and, you know, the world's greatest thinkers would go to this cultural hub in what is now known as Andalusia, <coughs> excuse me, which was then Al-Andalus. Mm. Um, and, and, and so that was like the central, this cultural center until that lasted about 200 years. Mm. Um, and then uh, the Christians, it's, I mean, I'm going to simplify this. It's so complex. Course, yeah, we don't really yeah. have time for it. But the Christians essentially wanted to um, re-Christianize Spain um, and get rid of the, the Muslims and the Jews, um, the non-believers, essentially. Mm. And um, so they called in these Arab um, Berbers from the Atlas Mountains who were fundamentalist Muslims. Um, and so they overthrew this caliphate in Andalusia that was like, that, that promoted the arts and culture and wanted that, you know, that was essentially this golden age in Spain. Mm. Um, and it became Islamic fundamentalist. So it's a bit like, if you think of like ISIS right now or like Al Qaeda, it was a bit like that. So like it, just, it just got corrupted. Completely. Okay. And it became, and so the arts were subdu subdued and you couldn't practice. Um, you can openly practice any kind of spiritual or poetic or artistic endeavor mm. um, unless it was connected to Sharia law, which is Islamic law. So it all like it all got thrown sideways. Wow. 
Um, but for those 200 years, there was this like golden age that inspired poetry like, like Lorca. You know, so Lorca's poems, like we were saying earlier, a, a lot of his work was inspired by the Arabic ghazals yeah. that were the poems from that time that were then adopted by the ecstatic Sufi poets mm-hmm. in Persia. Um, that, I mean, even that, ghazals and all that, is, it's its own... Yeah. You know, you could yeah. have a whole conversation on that too, yeah. which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, because Robert Bly talked about Lorca as the poet of longing. He mm. was the poet of longing. And ghazals are very much about um, this un- unquenched love, this desire and this search for the beloved that is in everything, whether it's romantic love or the spiritual search. Um, it's this thing that is like, that inhabits everything that we are and that can create and that can that can be the base for art in whatever form it is mm. so that's where the wind it takes hold that's beautiful. you know it meets that longing and it creates the arts because the, in what what came to me then is when you were saying that longing is is always sort of a distant future it's like mm. the blue of the distance and it's yeah. like duende you're always in search of it yeah but you never come <laughs> across it yeah even if you're you know climbing through the mountains you never truly reach that blue yeah. of the longing or the, the duende. It's exactly. always without, out of grasp, out of reach. Yes, and that's like the Dionysian current, you know, this this search that um, those who followed Dionysus and the women particularly, he was, essentially, he was a god of women. His main mm. followers were women. Um, oh, that's, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, they were known as the Miniads um, or the Bacchae for the Romans. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. were women who would uh, leave their homes and their, um, you know, la vie quotidienne, their, the, the, you know, the things that they had to do, like look after the children and clean the dishes and clean the house and la la la, la you know, all <laughs> that great stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they would leave and go out into the woods. Um, and it is said that they became like wild animals and that they could jump from tree to tree and that they could tear wild beasts with their teeth. Mm. You know, these are all metaphors for something that is deeply repressed within us now that is I think making us sick right Mm. culturally and socially Um, it's that irrational wild that lives within us that is what Duende has a language for or what Dionysus had a language for like the irrational within Mm. the self it gives gives a form to that yeah and a safe um, expression of it wow we're packing we're packing it in (laughs) (laughs) Um, just to give our listeners a little break, mm-hmm. could you could you please uh, help me with the pronunciation of that that song? Yes. So this next one is "Volver, Volver" by Buica, who's an Afro-Spanish um, flamenco singer, more modern than mm. Paco de Lucia. I was I was gonna play "Bullfighter's Dream" next, but I feel like the album cover you, you can't see it on the radio, but she has that. She has that gusto. Oh, she is duende incarnate. She yes. is in the body. In the body. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> so we'll leave you with that. Este amor apasionado Anda todo alborotado por volver. Voy camino a la locura. <música> 
sé querer Nos dejamos hace tiempo Pero se llegó el momento De enjoying listening mm. to, the, to the songs here <laughs> yeah. and in that interlude we were just talking about um, a moment where a woman so this is an example that Lorca gives of a woman who well I'll let I'll let the uh, material speak years ago an eight-year-old woman won first prize at a dance contest she was competing against beautiful women and young girls with waists mm. supple as water but all she did was raise her arm throw back her head and stamp her foot on the floor. In that gathering of muses and angels, beautiful forms and beautiful smiles, who could have won 
but her more bund duende sweeping the ground with its wings of rusty knives. Mm. Yes. And uh, there was something in the interlude that Gabriela said that made me stump my foot. Mm. And I said, I, I, I didn't know what happened. Mm. Um, and you, you, you said something that really interested me. We were talking about truth. And Duende's interested in truth. Um, so you can't feign Duende. You can't pretend. And so I was saying, it's, it's like love. Love is there or it isn't. You can't pretend. Mm. And you know. And you can't unknow when you know. And it's just like Duende. You know when it's there and when it's not. And one of the things Lorca talks about is that the way that Duende arrives in the body is through the soles of the feet. And mm. because it's this chthonic earthen spirit, essentially, um, just like Dionysus, the, the god of the vine or the wine, you know, the blood of the earth. Um, it comes up through the soles of the feet and takes over the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so death, as we talk about it, is a, a metaphorical death of the self, um, a state of ecstasy. Like the Greeks talk about the root word of ecstasy is ekstasis, which means to stand outside of yourself. So this idea that in order to have duende, um, you have to stand outside of yourself. You have to get out of the way. <laughs> Just like to have love, to fully experience love, you have to get out of the way of love. And it's the same that you could say for art. And exactly. And that's the way that it moves through you. Duende is like what transmits maybe even love, actually, art and all of it. Mm. It's, duende is like this, um, this catalyst for something greater than all of us, for the great mystery to move through us. Yeah, that's beautiful. And talking about art and <clears throat> how that can find expression, um, would you... I know that you've brought a few poems along yeah. and that you have one in mind to share. Yeah, just because I wasn't sure where the conversation would go, so I brought a few. Um, but this one is, um, it's so a couple of years before Lord Ga died, he wrote um, some poems inspired by the Arabic ghazals that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, and all around the theme of death and death as like this... As, as something that is courted, not taboo, but something that is, you know, a, 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 a in relationship with us all the time. Mm-hmm. And so um, this poem is called Gacela de la Muerte Oscura, or Gazal of the Dark Death. And I thought it might resonate with what we were talking about. So it goes like this. I want to sleep the dream of apples to escape the riot of cemeteries. I want to sleep the dream of that child who wished to cut out his own heart on the high sea. I don't want to hear that the dead don't spill their blood, that the rotting mouth is still begging for water. I don't want to hear about the agonies of the grass or the snake-mouthed moon at work before sunrise. I want to sleep a little, a little, a minute, a century. But all should know that I am not dead, that there is a golden stable on my lips, that I am the little, fri- the little friend of the west wind, that I am the looming shadow of my tears. Cover me in the dawn with a shroud, because she will hurl clumps of ants at me and soak my shoes with hard water, so that I might slip her scorpion sting. 
because I want to sleep the dream of apples, to learn weeping that will cleanse me of the land, because I want to live with that dark child who wished to cut out his own heart on the high sea. Well, powerful stuff. Mm. All that has black sounds has duende, said Manuel Torre. Mm. I think we should uh, play another song and let those words soak in mm. the bullfighter's dream.
Okay, so that was the bullfighter's dream. Um, and as we move towards the end or the last 15 minutes of uh, the show In Search of Duende, a conversation, I should say, uh, we just wanted to talk on the irrational side of Duende. And yeah, please, please say more on that if you can, Gabriel. Yeah, I just think it's interesting to think about um, how, like, what does Duende mean in the culture that we live in now? Like, how can we how can we um, be in relationship with Duende in a way that is helpful? Um, and I think about how um, a lot of the kind of governing spiritual language, um, in the West at least, is, is to do with um, coming outside of our bodies or like ascending ourselves um, or moving beyond our like physical, sensual self, mm -hmm. right? Um, whereas Duende is like, it is the earth in itself, right? And so it's this idea that we're actually becoming, though we empty ourselves of that which gets in the way, we're still fully present. So what the Greeks called ecstasis, right? Like we get out of our own way, mm. but we're still fully present. We're still fully sensual. And so we're experiencing and expressing through all of the senses that are like alive and acute at last, mm. you know? Um, like Victor Hugo talks about how we move through the world like corpses. We, and not in a good way, not in like death like we've been talking about, but in the sense of like, you're not fully alive to what's in front of you ever. <laughs> mm, that's quite a <laughs> you know, sobering like, thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. they kind of said it as it is, right? Mm. Um, and so I think Duende is one way that we can work with it in our culture is like, how can we keep, how can we keep our senses alive and how can we be present with our physical earthen selves more and more mm. um, to be in union with, with all of that? Yeah, that... Um what was coming to me there is sort of you know the, we we said that they the sound or the black sounds have duende and mm. you mentioned night as mm. being sort of that aspect of uh, duende and I was thinking it's not that you're <clears throat> you know when you're in that formless black and you can almost it's almost like you're not you don't have a body but actually you can really sense it so it actually heightens because your your sight your rational mind has mm. been sort of taken away from you. Mm. Um, that sort of is heightened in the, in the, in the night and mm. in that color of black, which seems to encapsulate what the duende is. Mm. Yes, this idea of closing our eyes so we can see more clearly. Mm -hmm. You know, like just being present with like what is there, what's beyond what we can see, and. Mm. What's what's the nature of that darkness that that is such an ally and a friend to Duende? Mm. You know, that's like the domain of Duende. <laughs> the domain of Duende. Yeah, yeah. As darkness. The, there's a quote here that says, a mysterious power which everyone senses and no philosopher explains. Mm. And so it's, it goes beyond, mm -hmm. yeah, logic or the rationality which our culture is so heightened. Um, and which we draw upon so much with our sciences mm -hmm. and um, yeah, the way our, our world operates. And uh, actually with a kind of going a little bit into the future in our MA, because mm -hmm. um, we're now studying alchemy. Um, and I read recently about in Egypt as the, um, the Egyptian civilization was turning and, and you know, falling, that um, 
I can't remember who her name, which is funny because we're talking about irrationality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the so the women were sort of connected to the moon and um, darkness yeah. and logic and order and structure was linked to the sun, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, like light and illumination. Mm-hmm. But actually, as the civilization turned and was crumbling, the women stole the um, sun energy from the men. And there was this reversal, this sort of pulling. And we and uh, there was like a an, an sort of uprising of female and uh, feminine um, power. Mm-hmm. And that sort of like dance that happens, you know, and then maybe hundreds of years later, it, changes but it's sort of that tussle and um yeah the, uh Lorca says the duende is a power not a work it is a struggle not a thought mm, yes uh, there is a, a battle um in order for duende to appear there's a there's a fight mm, you know there is a the there's the bullfight yeah there's blood in some way um something has to give you know, just like Dionysus being he who is dismembered in order to be reborn. Like you can't make wine without pressing the grapes, you know, without oh, pulling wonderful. them from the vine. Yeah. And that whole process originally was done with um, laments. There were peoples, masked peoples, who would sing laments as they harvested the grapes because it's seen as, was seen as the dismemberment of the god, of the god of the vine, of Dionysus. They're dismembering his body and then eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood, which, you know, sounds very Judeo-Christian to me. Mm. Um, You know, there's like this Mm. connection there with, you were mentioning alchemy, um, how we, um, how these certain substances have these like transformational effects on us and on our bodies and on our our spirits. Mm. And the essence, so you're you're taking in the essence of Mm -hmm, Dionysus. That's such a that's such a wonderful thing to think of when mm. you drink wine or that yeah you know that relationship that really deepens that image yeah um, and your relationship to yeah. to life yeah I think that really is what Duende is always leading to yeah you know life just as death lets you reevaluate your life absolutely that image of the serpent mm. who swallows its own tail you know which is one of the main symbols the or, in the alchemy Ouroboros. the Ouroboros. Mm. exactly that like that nourishes itself and regenerates itself and that for me is the essence of duende it's this regenerative earthen wise um spirit actually that mm will come to you if you're worthy, will come where there is a wound, where there has been contact with death in whatever form, physical or metaphorical, um, and will fill you up with that which is beyond our understanding, but is the irrational incarnate, you know, and Mm. that meets and quenches just for a second the longing that I, and the nostalgia, you know, the Portuguese call it saudade, the um, Harayath of the Welsh, you know, that like every culture has a word for it. Right. Um, that longing, you know, that is quenched just for a moment by Duende. Mm, that's beautiful. And, and that wound that you, you spoke of, when, when does it become a womb? Mm. Um, that re- leading back to the Ouroboros. Yeah. And then it informs you and leads you into a deeper yeah a deeper learning yes that fertile darkness of the womb where light is born and creation is born right um, mm. 
that is, it makes me think about the bees and the way the bees operate and how though they're solar beings, right, they feed off sunlight, they create honey. Like yeah. that's their... Yeah, so you know, like it's are. just condensed sunlight yeah, really, isn't it? Exactly. It's liquid. It's like nectar of the sun. Mm. You know, they are solar beings and yet they live in darkness. Their hive is dark. Ah, that's wonderful. And they dream. It's known that bees dream and dreaming only happens in darkness. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. So because otherwise it's a daydream. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that perfect balance, right, yeah. between the light and the dark that I think the bees are such a good uh, such a beautiful example of. Yeah, they're a really good um yeah, that's a that's a that's a very fine example because bees also have that rigor. Mm. You know, they have that working mentality. Yeah. That is allowed to court. You know, uh, uh, Martin is, uh, often says to us that um, discipline is the dance partner of the wild mm. and it's like turning up to be you know you may be blessed with it or not and sometimes mm. the room is just you know maybe the room you know there's so many factors that mm. cools up the duende that yeah. it's just yeah exactly and it's that alchemical process that I think allows it to happen whether it's the self-abandonment of the Greeks who would undertake ecstasis to move out of their own way and allow the Dionysian current yeah. to move through them, or the yeah. wine, the metaphysical wine. Um, whether it's duende itself that comes up through the soles of the feet and embodies and, and takes over. Um, I feel like there's, a, there's an interesting way of looking at this when you move your mind and the rational out of it and just try and, just, just try and engage with it from your sense perception you know, like in your body, in corpus, like what does this feel like? And it, it's alchemy at its finest. Mm. Oh, wonderful. Well, I feel, I feel like we're coming to the end here and uh, the listeners, you can uh, decide or not whether a wee bit of the duende entered the room or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I just want, um, Gabriella came with, with so many songs and um, we, haven't, we haven't been to able to explore them all but I was just hoping if you had to choose a last song to finish the In Search of Duende mm. I think a good one would be Camarón de la Isla Gitana Te Quiero um, Gypsy I Love You by Camarón de la Isla Is it this one here? It's Wait. the fourth one down Fourth um, Which number is it? Number nine Number nine Yes Is there anything you want to say on this on this song before we play or do you want to let the um, just that Camarón de la Isla is one of the classic uh, flamenco singers of Spain. Um, and he wrote this song about a gypsy that he was in love with. Um, wow. So, you know, where there is love, there is duende. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we, even, we didn't even get to touch upon flamenco or the deep song, but mm. we'll let the music, as usual, do the talking. Yeah, and trust that what had to come in did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gabriela. <laughs> Thank you. Tu pura como la mimbre, tu pura como la mimbre, yo gitano canatero. Oh! 
Y te alivia el viento Y te alivia el viento 